0: Good morning, welcome to the show. It is Monday, March the 21st. An absolutely glorious, proper spring day here in TW11. The perfect day to relax, reflect, and just indulge ourselves in what we enjoyed last week at the the Cheltenham Festival. Later in the show, you'll be hearing from Venetia Williams, who was one of the trainers of the week. Extraordinarily, the average starting price for Venetia Williams' trained horse was 36 to 1. She emerged not only with two winners, but a whole glut of horses who ran way above themselves. I'll also be speaking to Australian trainer Annabelle Nishim as we look forward to the season down under, having just witnessed another star performance from Zaki in the All-Star Mile. Great tale that as well of the money won and the money won by a punter who selected Zaki to get into the race. That's uh, to look forward to a little bit later on. Laura King joins us with all the news from Dubai. The draw was undertaken this morning for the World Cup on Saturday. I'll be out there later in the week but first of all a little look back we're not going to uh, wallow in it too much but jane mangan's the perfect person to just put a button on this meeting and is with me now jane your highs and lows
1: well the highs there were three moments during the four days where you pinched yourself that you were actually there the first was honeysuckle and the homecoming that she got that she deserved last year, but you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and the fans made up for it this year. That was an unbelievable reception in uh, the, the auditorium, the Coliseum, as I call it, in the winner's enclosure. Two was Tiger Roll and Delta Work. Yes, he got beaten, but that walk back with the pair of them upsides. There was something a little bit about the picture of Tiger Roll and Davy Russell crossing the line in despair with the smiles on Jack Kennedy and Delta Work's face. It almost, for me, symbolized a change of the guard, the future that is. The future, obviously, is Jack Kennedy. He's the 20-odd-year-old, naturally brilliant jockey with Delta work who's still a relatively young horse and could be this year's Grand National winner. And then you saw Tiger Roll bowing out with Davey Russell, the evergreen Davey Russell. I know he'd be so disappointed to not get a winner at Cheltenham, but he is just awesome. And then, of course, the crowning moment of Rachel Blackmore and Tar. Yes, last year she had six Cheltenham winners, but it hurt. It really hurt last year when that uh, Manila Indo outstayed her up the hill, but she got it brilliantly. Tactically right, I don't think it would have mattered anyway 15 lengths was the eventual winning margin But that was my three highs from the week I suppose the lows, Gallop and Deschamps coming down And the 4-runner turners That eventually was a race that fell apart Ginto, seeing his fate in the Albert Bartlett Was a real sucker punch to the, to the gut And uh, I, I don't want to con- concentrate too much on the lows Because it was just such an awesome week to be there The rain fell on the second day But it didn't dampen the spirits It was Cheltenham like it should be
0: Well, it's a sort of delightful irony, really, that a year ago, uh, I was talking to Venetia Williams on this podcast, um, as she'd written a a white paper, you might call it, about how Britain might improve its performance at the Cheltenham Festival. I guess, Venetia, if you're going to do it, there's one way to do it, and that's to lead from the front, which you've, you've definitely done through the last few days. It must feel good.
2: Uh, well it certainly does and i must admit i am uh, your your comment of it being a white paper i think it was probably more of a red paper actually um <laughs> but uh it's 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 been amazing this 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 week and um you know it's just uh yeah it's it's what dreams are made of
0: and i suppose i mentioned that but because it struck me at the time how deeply you cared about it not just from a personal and, and sort of selfish point of view but from, from a point of view of the whole sport you really wanted us to be out there achieving putting our best foot forward and you know telling people that we could get the job done so, to that extent is there a sort of wider satisfaction?
2: Uh, com- completely yes I mean um, you know it's very easy for all of us to sort of get depressed in the moment you know but um, uh, you know we kind of you know, if we could lift our heads up and 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 look a bit at sort of history and 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 a little bit of um, sort of background, possibly you know, it's it's easier to to have a bit more optimism, and we all need a bit of optimism and spring in our step, you know, to to make those take those steps and to strive forward. So it's it's yeah, it, it, it's it's been great, and um, you know, yes, yes, Willie Willy has dominated, but it's it's you know, well, Willie and, and and Henry for sure. Um, you know, but it, it wasn't all a one-way street this this last week, and um, you know, it, it's it's great for personally for us and our, our, and for our yard, but you know, for for Britain as a whole, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I, Just sort of reflecting on a a fairly sort of broad spread of success for an awful lot of people, but you were certainly one of the names that a lot of people were pinning their hopes on going into the meeting because it had been such a a sort of consistently productive season. But you'd sounded the alarm saying, look, not all the horses are great. The, The virus doesn't look very clever. How worried were you going into the meeting?
2: Um, well, you know, I wasn't. I, I was concerned, but I can't say I was worried because, you, you know, we, we, yes, we, we've had a, we've had some good festivals before, but on um, one in particular, but it was a hell of a long time ago in two thousand and nine when we, we had a great day. We had a first and a second in the plate, and, and we had two winners on, on the day. A, um, but you know, they were in handicaps, whereas this year, for the very first time. You know, we had some proper contenders for for Grade One races, and and that sort of brought it into a whole new, um, to, to sort of area for us. And um, uh, yeah, the the the, um, the bugs that we had, the snotty noses that we had. If we hadn't had that, you know, we probably would have had um, three more runners, and but they would have been in the handicaps. Um, and and I just kind of thought, well, look, it's been a fantastic season thus far anyway. And uh, if it doesn't work at Cheltenham, well, you know, we can't take away what the horses have achieved thus far. Um, so I wasn't too stressed.
0: <laughs> I, I, I can say that now i definitely i definitely don't want to diminish the importance of any of the other horses who ran amazingly well and significantly above their prices but long Presse was the horse um on whom all eyes were and he, he he absolutely delivered in spectacular fashion what what delighted you the most about that performance
2: well gosh um well every, every element of it really um you know the way the way he galloped the way he jumped um uh yes you know we didn't have brave brave man's game to beat um but uh you know i think i've heard people say the ground being heavy and there's no way the ground was heavy it was wet it was loose but it wasn't heavy i mean you know the times of those races um bore that out absolutely i mean people forget what heavy ground is and the times that you get even in top class races so um you know, they, they 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 didn't get that tired. You know, and he, he galloped all the way to the line uh, in in sort of similar style. He actually was um, he was a little bit starstruck as he was um, after jumping the last and looking at the grandstands and um, Charlie. Picked his duck up. and thought he'd better give him a, a couple just to and, and and the way he accelerated in response to that, I thought was 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 as exciting as anything.
0: Yeah, because then of course that gives you hope that not only are you really only scratching the surface, but also he galloped kind of as far as you need him to gallop if you're t- turning him to a gold cup horse for next year.
2: Well, maybe, but you know, then any, any excitement you have about that is deflated when you actually see the Gold Cup and, mm. and um, what, what Rachel and Henry and, and Lee Park achieved.
0: Uh, yeah, from a... From a uh, uh, it was not an impartial point of view because you were there sort of fighting it out for third with Royal Pagai, but what were your sort of observations as a horse person on Aplutar's um, sort of finishing effort from the last of the line?
2: Uh, absolutely phenomenal, but I have to say, you know, we, we saw that at, um, at, at Haydock you know he he delivered the same punishment to 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 us all then and you know and he replicated it exactly again and um you know he's the most extraordinary racing machine i've seen for a long time
0: what sort of um pleasure do you get out of royal pagai's consistent ability to give of his best in top class races even if he can't quite win one?
2: Uh, we have to be thrilled um I mean, you, you can run in, in handicaps all day and, you know, and p- people say, oh, you know, um, weight will, will stop a train, you know, but that's, it won't. It's absolute rubbish because the most you ever give away in, in, in a handicap is 26 pounds, you know. So, so he could, you know, he can run in handicaps all day giving away weight and, uh, and his, his handicap mark and his uh, racing post ratings, you know, will go up as a result, but it still doesn't bring you anywhere near. You know the likes of uh, Ablutard. Uh, you know, and, and you have to do it in in the Grade Ones against those good horses, really. To um, you know, to to justify the, the the ratings and where you are. But you know, we were thrilled with what you know. He actually had, had his little head in front at the top of the hill. Um, he was beaten. What was it? A um, a, a neck by um, you know by the third horse in, in total. And you know, I have to be delighted. You know, because that that can that that sort of distances that can all change around. You know, with a bit of luck and running, and you know whether it's somebody's day or not. But um, be a lot lot to not to try and do to to beat the winner. But we'll we'll, we'll keep trying.
0: And, and Funambul Civiler ran a, ran an absolute stormer in the in the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Are you are you planning to draw stumps with all the Grade One horses, or are they going to bash onto Aintree and punches down and and so forth?
2: Well, I can tell you we won't get a punch down for sure, but we haven't had the discussion about entry yet with with the owners, you know, and that's that's something to be to be had in the next few days. Um but uh, you know, we we all know that there there is a little bit extra time now between now and entry, you know, so that that, that gives um a bit of encouragement um to take that route, route. But um looking at the weather forecast as far as the eye can see, you know, and it's um you know, it's beach and bikinis time rather than um, uh, a- a- entry and run- running our jumpers again. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see.
0: But you're open-minded.
2: Of course. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason not to, but um, ground's always a worry at Aintree, and and it looks like it's going to be even more of a worry this year. So, you know, we won't be taking any chances at all.
0: And I was just looking at, I mean, the starting prices of some of the horses that ran absolute screamers, just, you know, 80, 66, 40, 33, 50. You know, if you'd you'd just gone, oh, well, I don't know what to back in the Kimia, I'll just back Venetia's. you'd have been on very good good terms with yourself. (laughs) I don't suppose you thought that Sean Bard and Diderot Vallis would get a run about a week out, did you? (laughs)
2: <laughs> exactly you're absolutely right um we we ran we ran shambard um a week before to to, to try and get a five pound penalty to, to so that he would not make make the cut um and Diderot valis you know was was tailed off in the grand military a week a week before um but i knew he hadn't tried a yard and we I previously run him in cheek pieces which had sort of sort of had some kind of garnering effect but um uh, I thought well he's in the race it's time to put the blinkers on and uh, he, he, it transformed him uh,
0: and and even you know, horses like green book ran huge races. yeah they, they're all they all ran really really well um it, it, just in terms of how, what sort of Im- impact and effect that's had on on you, the yard, everyone around you, the last the last couple of days, I'd imagine with the sort of sun shining there at the moment, it's a it's a pretty special place to be.
2: Oh, absolutely! You know, it's been such a thrill for all the staff. Um, we've had party after party, and just um, just coming back from the gallop just now, I'm 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 pl- planning the next party. You know, in in, in the summer. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh gosh, yeah um as you can hear the 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 horses are yelling the peacocks are shouting um yeah it's 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 a fantastic place here in the yard at the the moment um so so thrilled for everybody
0: Ah, venetia williams there and you don't get uh, many opportunities to to have a reasonably lengthy chat with venetia and i I really enjoyed that you could tell what the whole week meant to her average starting price of 36 to one jane didn't have a horse run badly all week not a single one
1: No, they ran so consistent. She has produced her yard. When two or three weeks ago we were talking about horses being a fraction under the weather, they did not run like that. Um, I I thought Lampresay, of all the novices, he's the one I'd love to have in my backyard. He's the one that I legitimately think could be the Gold Cup horse for next year. But Charlie Deutsch as well, credit to him. He rode so well. Uh, There was... T- tactically very different rides in there and he, he got them all spot on. Lucy Turner got her time to shine. She's just such an unassuming young girl. She's She was brilliantly strong in the in Kim Ewer, but again, she can ride uh, with versatility. But of course, both of them working for the woman who makes um, makes their world go round. The horses were in tip-top condition and I think L'Homprese is the horse that I took from the novice division for next year.
0: And and that irony was not lost on her, not lost on me. It won't be lost on you that we were doing this podcast, as I said at the beginning of the interview a year ago, and she was the one that had written, you know, three or four sides of Type A4 on how Britain needed to do better. You know, it's it's a question of really thinking about it and really, you know, making sure that things were done a little bit differently. And until Friday, and and we had a bit of fun with it on uh, on Friday afternoon at the end of the Racing TV broadcast, but yeah there, there was a decent spread of of people involved in the winners both irish and british
1: there was yeah if you, if you stopped the if you stopped the meeting on thursday evening you'd say there was a great spread of winners um i suppose the handicaps the readjustment of the handicaps definitely uh, improved the situation for team gb and not saying that was the reason, but it definitely didn't do it any harm. Um, I suppose Edward Stone for, for Alan King was the obvious standout in, in the two-mile division. There, there is talent in the UK, and that's probably why it was disappointing that some of the, maybe the UK trainers sidestepped, say, the likes of the Turners with a view to Aintree or different races because maybe they're underestimating the talent that they have. But I think this year's Cheltenham Festival overall result was a healthier one than we saw 12 months ago. And that's one coming from an Irish girl.
0: Yeah, definitely, and and you, you, the point you raise about that the handicappers will will definitely get some some play, but until we've had a deeper dive into it, it's difficult to make any broad brush assertions as to as to the generosity or otherwise of of the British handicappers towards the home trained horses. Oh, the other point—it's it, a, a a little bit tangential to the the question of of watering and the the ground on Wednesday, but Venetia's saying really they were going through it, it was wet. It wasn't that bad. I suppose it's easy enough to say when you've had a good week, but she was sort of saying. Buck up and get on with it, really.
1: Yeah, um, I had my own say about it pre the bumper on the second day. Um, I don't think John Poulin did the wrong thing. I think he did what he felt was right with the forecast that he was given. You would would think with the amount of coverage this ground and rain is getting, you'd swear we had biblical, biblical rain on Wednesday. We didn't. It was just persistent. But it's March and these are national hunt horses. This is what they're bred to run on. I think we're making mountains here. the the ground was in my view safe um i always thought soft ground is the safest for jumping horses so i don't want to dwell too much on the ground i think we're just um i think we're just getting a little bit mentally soft
0: we're getting a little mentally soft yes possibly the the only the only point that i think has been lost in this is you've got to give an accurate going description now if if it was necessary to water on on Tuesday night, and I I'm, I'm certainly have no issue with that. If the ground was getting quick, irrespective of what ultimately happened with the forecast, they couldn't really have, uh, have foreseen 20 mils. You've got to give an accurate description on the first day. Now, given the times on the first day, that, that ground wasn't any softer than good, was it? And yet it was being given as good to soft.
1: Yeah, that, that would raise questions. They're just the fact that you're breaking record times would suggest otherwise. And then the jockey's feedback after race one was that it was proper good, so... What is an accurate going description? Are you going on how much the stick goes into the ground? Are you going on precipitation? Is it consistent throughout Cheltenham? Probably not because it's an undulating track. It's it's very easy to say, but it's, it's probably a little bit more difficult to actually put into practice.
0: Yeah, it is, a, it is a tough job, and I certainly don't think there was anything in terms of the going description on the first day that was inconsistent with the way that it had been reported by the previous clerk of the course for the last 15, 16 years. It was entirely in keeping with that. So if you knew that Cheltenham Festival opening day ground was good to soft, you kind of knew that they'd be running times 350 odd or, or, or under for, the, for those two mile races. Jane, I suppose it's worth reflecting on, on one or two of the other um, heroes of the week. Um, Willie Mullins has taken an awful lot of airplay and quite rightly with 10 victories and that, that juggernaut is only going to get more powerful. But the, the achievements of Cheveley Park Stud as owners uh, is it, uh, pretty amazing, really. And it seemed from what Richard Thompson was saying yesterday that uh, they might just be, be having a rethink about about pulling stumps, buying any more horses.
1: Uh, well, if they're not tempted after the couple of seasons that they've had, for the second season in a row, their champion trainer or champion owner at the Cheltenham Festival with a policy of quality over quantity because they don't have hundreds of horses in training. But look at the week they had. It's it's the stuff of dreams, and I hope they realise that because so many people invest so much money to try and get one of those horses, and they have had it for two years in a row.
0: Well, no sooner is Cheltenham in the books than we're off to Dubai for the Dubai World Cup. It may not be the world's richest horse race anymore, but that will not stop it adding significant luster to the international calendar this year. It has a, a truly global and stellar lineup. And this week, Dubai World Cup week, is not just about the racing. There's also a pioneering breeze up sale taking place on Wednesday. So tell me more about all of the above. Is Laura King from Dubai TV. Uh, three days in advance of my own landing in Dubai, Laura. I need someone to fill in a lot of the gaps for me. First of all, the big race itself, uh, to what extent do you think it, it, it fits the bill? It meets the standard required.
3: Oh, it's awesome. It's the best one I can remember for a while. It's streets ahead of last year's contest, the which mystic guide one. We've got six group or grade one winners in there. They're coming from as far field as Uruguay, Japan, in the UAE of course, and the Americans who are gonna be mightily hard to beat. We just got the final field, eleven of them, including Real World for nine time winner. Saeed so bin Suroh, who's gone to his old pal Christoph Simeon, and who better?
0: Yeah, real world going for the for a race on the dirt again. I mean, thus far his career hasn't exactly conclusively proved that that he's effective on it. What what makes anybody think that he can he can get get his act together on that surface this time?
3: It's interesting, isn't it? And I mean, Saeed has said all season he's physically a different horse. He's better than last year. Obviously, we know the Maidan dirt's more conventional than the Saudi dirt, which is more tiring. The horse is, as you say, a zero from five on it. He wasn't beaten that far on it last year at Maydown, but mostly in domestic races. It's nuts. From anyone else, you'd say, what are you doing? But, hey, so he's won nine of these. He knows what he's up to. But a little bit of it, do you think, does he just really want a runner in the race? But I don't think that's the case, because he probably could have run to icon in there if he wanted. He's gone with this horse, and just the fact that he's trained by sea means you cannot rule him out
0: that's absolutely right however for all his home court advantage laura he's got formidable american opposition as you say life is good best horse in the world at the moment judged on what he did in the breeders cup dirt mile and the pegasus hot rod charlie who was a a fantastic um standing dish in all the big triple crown events last year and has already spent some time in dubai and country grammar the the saudi cup runner-up um just three of them who in your opinion has adapted to dubai the best
3: it's interesting because obviously Hot Rod Charlie's been here for ages. He was very kind of risky. He wanted to go a bit quicker than they wanted this morning. They kept him for a real steady jog going the wrong way around the track and he, he wanted to go a bit quicker. He's ready. I bet they wish the race was tomorrow rather than on than on Saturday. So he, he did that to great. Obviously, he's kind of got home advantage now he's been here for so long. Life is good. We haven't seen a great deal of him. Amelia Green rides him every day. We've seen a lot of him that he's been out for a long time. She tends to do two steady circuits. We haven't seen a breeze or anything like that. That will come later in the week, I imagine. And she's doing a great job just to keep him contained. Again, he wants to go a stride or two quicker, I think, than she wants him to. But no hiccups so far. It's all gone brilliantly. And nothing to suggest that he doesn't like the track or anything like that. But, of course, hard to tell in the slower papers.
0: And in terms of the supporting card, the undercard, who would be the headline act? Which horse are we most looking forward to seeing?
3: Uh, For me, I'm pretty excited about the... Obviously, the the Golden Shaheen's a really good race. We've got Dr. Scheivel in there and Drain the Cup to uh, American top-level Dirt Horses, Dirt um, dirt Sprinters looking forward to that. We've then got Sharia and an absolutely loaded Shima Classic. That looks really exciting. Your beer in there as well. This is the question, is your beer... Going to get everything his own way. If he doesn't, is he going to throw a tantrum and give it to the Japanese? So we've got that. And we've got Lord North defending his title in the Dubai Turf, which is a way stronger Dubai Turf than the one in which he won last year. I could go on. I even really look forward to the Godolphin Mile, which looks a race right for the locals, but you've got defending champion, an old warrior, nine year old secret ambition up against his stablemate and young pretender, Alna Fudd, in that. And they've just been drawn next to each other in two and three. So there's, there's no weak contest this year, and you know I'd, I'd, flag, I'd flag it up if there was, but
0: there really isn't. And, and you know, uh, Laura, I get the, the very strong feeling after sort of two years of the World Cup being really ravaged by the pandemic, abandoned two years ago, and then and then last year, effectively really behind behind closed doors. That that Dubai is really making a big effort to try and put this event um, front and centre on the world stage. How big a deal is the is the breeze up sale on Wednesday?
3: Ah, oh, judging by the amount of people watching the horses warming up this morning, a big deal. It's great, actually. It's added a whole different dimension to the week. We've got these leading consignors here. They're absolutely loving it. They're not normally in in warm temperatures this early on in the year. And these horses look a beautiful bunch. They had 224 applications, I think, and there's 69 available slots, which is how many horses can fit on the China Sheikh Mohammed's Plain. Uh, and there's some really nice specimens. They're not all dirt, but there's a few turkey ones in there as well. And interesting this morning they were meant to just be going out for a bit of a dodder around on the on the training track on the tapita track which they'll be breezing over tomorrow but a few of them i think their riders wanted to see exactly what they could do ahead of the breeze they were kicking on a bit
0: okay we're looking forward to that in a couple of days time very much looking forward to seeing you i think i'll be there uh wednesday evening and uh thanks very much for keeping us up to speed our pleasure just to prove that we've got our eye on the ball, not only are we headed to Dubai later in this week, but we've also been keeping our eyes on what's going on in Australia. Well, to be honest, it's just the, the podcast regular Zaki watch. But Zaki's back and he's back with a bang. He won the uh, world's richest turf mile race. Uh, Flemington, the All-Star Mile, which is a great concept, more of which in a moment. Trainer Annabelle Neesham joins me now. Uh, Annabel, good to see him back where he belongs in the winner's enclosure. How um, how special a day was it, especially given what happened with the Cox Plate last year?
4: Oh, hugely special. Um, it's, a, it's a race. I mean, a lot of the owners are, are um, a big part of Um, the Victorian Race Club and and Flemington so it's always um, very special to get a winner at Flemington um, with their horse for them and um, you know it's a a new race only the fourth running of it Um, but it's a race we'd we'd really targeted and um, it probably doesn't yet have the sort of prestige and the history of the Cox Plate Um, but uh, you know it's a race that's going to get bigger and bigger every year I think.
0: And then that does seem to be it. Every time I, I connect with anybody in Australia, there's a new race. There's new race, new money, new concept. This one's really interesting. So you 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 have to get in through a voting system. Is that right?
4: Exactly. So I think um, there's twelve horses um, that are voted in by the public, um, which you know it does create obviously a, a, a variety of horses um, from all over Australia. You know there was a horse from South Australia, um, previously there's been a winner from Tasmania um, and it's a great idea at, at, at sort of getting the crowd favourites into a race and then um, the, the committee have um, I think four wild cards to, to put in at their own discretion which um, yeah it was a mixture of, of the good three-year-olds coming through the guineas and, and a couple of older horses so um, it's a really interesting concept and Um, If you vote in for your horse, uh, the horse of your choice, you automatically get drawn, um, put into a draw to to be that particular horse's ambassador and um, each horse, um, their ambassador gets $10,000 and then the winner of the race, um, the ambassador gets quarter of a million. So um, yeah, it was pretty special.
0: So I mean that's what I call a ballot, and it's a, it's a life-changing amount of money for 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 one lucky punter, really. And and I gather so he's got become quite attached to the whole. I bet he has. Oh, actually, I bet he's become quite attached to Zaki. But he's he he's very much <laughs> lived it all, hasn't he?
4: He has. Um, and he he actually came out to the stables um, and he met he met Zaki, and he came. Zaki went to the beach on Sunday morning, sort of recovery session, and and um, he was there as well. So. Um, look i mean it's a pretty life cha- life-changing amount of money um he was from from brisbane up in queensland and actually had first gone um racing um or first seen him when he won the Doomban cup and he followed him ever since so um, yeah he's he's called nick busika and he's he's um, a lovely guy and yeah it was it was just a big thrill amazing that a horse can can bring so much joy to somebody
0: well, hopefully, we'll be able to catch up with Nick a little bit later in the week. Uh, as far as the horse is concerned, is is this just the first step in in this little part of in this little part of the year before he takes a break?
4: Yeah, so um, the plan was always to to run second up um, in this race, and then have him, um, you know, really peaking for the Queen Elizabeth, um, which is in three weeks' time. So that's shaping up to be a really. Hot um, year, very elegant. Uh, Animo, who's um, probably the best three year old around, he absolutely demolished them in the Rose of Guineas on Saturday. Uh, Montefilia, who actually beat Very Elegant on Saturday, um, so it's shaping up to be a really strong edition this year. Um, you know, obviously we have the last few years we've been lucky enough to have a day come out and make it a real international affair. Um, so there's no internationals this year, but I don't think it'll matter. I think it'll still be a really strong race, and um, that's the race I really want to win in Sydney.
0: So do you then give him a spell and then bring him back up for for your spring for the for the Cox Plate?
4: Yeah, I mean, possibly it's a long. It's the, the turnaround from from um, spring to autumn is very short. Um, I suppose it's your autumn to our to, to our spring, but th- but then actually going from from our autumn to our spring, it does give them a longer time off. Um, I did sort of half joke um, and insinuate with with his owners that if he if he won the Queen Elizabeth, maybe we'd think about bringing him over for the for the Queen Anne, but. Um, yeah, that's slightly pie in the sky thoughts at the moment. But uh, he, I, I would love to travel him somewhere at some stage. Um, whether that's this this time around, I don't know. But um, yeah, certainly the Cox Plate will very much be be on the agenda.
0: Okay. Well, if you do win next time, I, I shall badger you again and and will tease the possibility of of Royal Ascot. Um, do you think he he is better? Than he was last year. I, just, I only I only ask that because everything seemed so smooth and fluid the other day. But I don't have the same kind of idea as to you know the, the relative strength of the opposition.
4: Yeah, I think um, I think that I've never I've never seen him better. I think this is, is as good as we've had him. Um, I think he was in similar shape um, around when he was around the Doorman Cup time. Um, I thought he was very good. Um, going into the tramway first up last preparation and for whatever reason I think when he was in Melbourne although he was still going well I don't think he was going as well as he can Um, uh, but I just I was pretty confident he was going to run a big race Um, he's just so easy to read he's so fresh um, he often can switch and change strides, um, but he hasn't been doing that this time in. I don't know why he did it last time because he's a very sound horse, but he just seems more fluid this time in. And um, yeah, I just think that little break, he didn't get long off between the winter carnival and, and the spring carnival. And I think giving him that month off, um, sort of end of November, has really just done him the world of good and got the spring back in his step.
0: Brilliant. Thanks so much, uh, Annabel Nisham, their trainer of the all-conquering Zaki down under, still toying with the idea of bringing him to Royal Ascot, but so much money to be won. Uh, Not only that amazing pot for the the all-star mile, Jane, but how about a punter getting $250,000 just for for picking him in a a ballot?
1: Yeah, that's so uh, thinking outside the box and a notion that, like, up here, I don't think, would it be embraced? I'm not convinced. It's just, it's amazing how somebody just who could get involved in such a simple way comes out with such a such a reward I, I obviously it would increase interest in that race massively and I think that is the way forward there I admire Australasia and how they think outside the box and how they promote their sport and how they from ownership to sponsorship are I think light years ahead of Europe when are we when are we going to start learning from them
0: we can but hope I'm not sure really what I do want to know is do you have a tip for the Brocklesby
1: <laughs> not for the Brocklesby I'm going to keep it current and go All to right. Wink Canton go on then going to go to Wink Canton today at 3.30 and I like Norton's Hill for Jack Barber and Nick Schofield he's a horse I want to bumper at Wink Canton and I hope he can win his maiden there too
0: alright Jane it was a pleasure to work with you last week and again today that was Monday the 21st of March we'll see you again tomorrow bye bye